Welcome back. We're loving all the feedback and momentum. My name is Wallace Chain. I'm joined here with Sunny Wang. Welcome back to Swell Radio. This week is episode five, and we're talking about things. Uh, things you want, things you acquired, what did they mean to you, and how they have propelled you in your life or how they have you know, affected your life in one thing. Because there's a saying, we are the things that we own, and we kind of really want to dive into that. But before we get there, how was your last week, Sunny? How was your last seven days? Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't bad at all, actually. Uh, it's been pretty productive getting back into work, uh, getting back into the momentum, Starting out the 2021, uh, pretty good actually. Um, got a lot of stuff done and uh, works great. And uh, got a couple of days, you know, went out uh, for for a couple of hikes and uh, uh, yeah, it's been it's been great, man. How about you? That's fantastic. I mean, we're starting off 2021 with a bang. I mean, the whole world is uncertain. Everything is going crazy. You know, it, it's funny how people started off this year uh, from December 31st to, to January 1st with a renewed sense of optimism. But I think a lot of that was misguided. Like something, a lot of people believe something would have happened when the clock changed from 2020 to 2021. And uh, clearly 2021 is proving to be as crazy as 2020. But business-wise and personally-wise, I think we're just doing just fine. We're having a record January. A lot of my uh, sales team are hitting record numbers this year. Um, you know, it, it's only January. So I'm excited to see how the rest of year looks like. I've also gotten a ton of um, drive time, you know, reconnected to cars and really meeting people that way and really re-experiencing the human uh, engagement and human connection. It's something that we missed so much over uh, last year, especially the holidays, because none of us really had big family gatherings and we didn't even have a Friendsgiving. It's probably like the, you know, I, I know in 2020, I didn't really host a Friendsgiving. We we're going through some personal issues, but, you know, having the option to host a Friendsgiving versus being like forced to not have a Friendsgiving is two different things. And I, I feel like, you know, over New Year's, we we're just like, meh, it's like 1030. Let's go to sleep. And just another no day, deal. man. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really miss the Friendsgiving. That, that's one thing I look forward to every year. Uh, you, you've been hosting it for the last few years. And, uh, um, you know, that's one just like one opportunity where we get our friends together. We don't see throughout the year, especially since the pandemic, I haven't seen anyone besides you, right? Yeah. I mean, especially as we get older and we have children and we have other obligations and in-laws and things like that, the, the opportunity for, you know, Sandy and I have known each other for a, a very long time. And this group that gets together every year, we've known each other for the better part of 15, 20 years. Yeah. And, um, you know, finding opportunity to get together has been rare. So every minute we spent together has been cherished and really has been precious. So that's definitely something that we we've missed um, to the topic at hand. Did you acquire, did you buy anything in the last seven days? <laughs> Good question. Actually, let, let, let's instead of the last seven days, there's been a crazy uh, um, kind of thing going on through the pandemic where people relied on delivery drivers, right? So Amazon and online shopping like hit brand new heights. Uh, tell me about your mindset uh, during the pandemic and if you ordered more or less than you normally do. Way less, man. I, I haven't spent much money at all. Um, I've noticed that um, a lot of people actually stop spending. There's just not enough opportunities to go out and spend money. 
So as a financial advisor, I see people were saving more. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, at the same time, people bored, you know, people want to spend money. Right. I think once this pandemic is under control, there's going to be, you know, a lot of people spending uh, a lot of money. You know, they can't wait. You know, I can't wait to get out and travel and do things. So that's a really great like tip, right? So as a as a stock trader um, and as an, an eye banker or forecaster, you really want to predict human behavior, right? So if you know the pandemic is creating this urge of spend and urge of travel, right now you probably want to invest into retail stocks and travel stocks while they're low because after that spend and they report their earnings, you're going to have record numbers and you're going to have uh, you know, record numbers basically means good for business, good for stocks, good for everything else. So you really want to preempt yourself and make those bets now. Uh, by the way, this is not a, a podcast of financial advice. Yeah. I'm certainly no, I'm not, not, not one advice, to <laughs> qualify to give you any, but that's just the way my mind thinks. Right. Uh, you know, uh, we, we, I felt like we bought the world during the pandemic. I mean, if, if a delivery driver didn't come to the door, like we f- didn't feel like it was a full day for some crazy reason. I mean, I think both um, my wife and I, we completely refreshed our, our closets during this time um, and like anything we could buy, like we bought. And I think it'll really allow people to figure out online advertising, uh, redo their production model and their business model into, into drop shipping. Um, like I, I buy a lot from Nordstrom and just seeing how they started uh addressing the pandemic to how they are now, they have a well-oiled machine now. You know, they're relying on FedEx and UPS at first, and, and now they've gone to uh, overnighting things and figuring out inventory really quick and really upping uh, quality control. It's really amazing to see these retailers pivot and, and, um, and, and uh, you know, uh, adjust, adapt to the pandemic. But yeah, I mean, I, I think we're the complete opposite. You, we ended up buying, like, gosh, any you name it, I think we bought it. Uh, for a long time, my recycling bin was just full of cardboard boxes. And then for a long time, I just had a stack of cardboard boxes by my entryway. Um, so, so let me ask you, so this is interesting, you know, uh, you've always uh, done that, you know, I mean, I guess now it sounds like you're doing even more, right? Um, Actually, so no, why? not not now, but like during, like, I think we, it was regular for a while. And then, I mean, we also were really, I needed to run my business that way too, right? I had all my office supplies delivered at home, all my t-shirts, everything was delivered to home. And it was really hot and it was, you know, March, April and going into May. So we had like a cold case outside with, um, with like beverages, Cokes, water, snacks and things like that, just for the gratitude for the delivery drivers, especially them coming at my driveway is insane. Um, so we really wanted them to bring it to the doorstep, not leave it at the bottom of the driveway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the funny thing is, and the reason why we're talking about this today is I don't have a need for anything. There's not like one thing I, I need to buy or have to buy. I, I felt like, you know, anything I wanted to buy and anything that I needed or wanted, you know, it was delivered last year, which was kind of crazy. So why are you buying? Like, a, what, what, what are you buying for? You know, that, that, that question will be tied into uh, what, uh, what we're talking about today, I guess, you know, I mean, what's the reason behind that, you know, for you to, to buy these things? Um, I think it's really just, 
you, there's a lot of pent up anxiety as well. So one thing that we're going forward, what we did notice, and um, I mean, one thing we want to support the people that we have relationships with, and and also you want to keep up, um, you want to keep up the relationship, and you also want to support them because if you're not buying things, you're not, you know, they aren't really keeping their jobs. I'm talking about personal reps at at certain things. Um, so like, like Cartier or Louis Vuitton, you know, you, you have to You're supporting the people. LV. Kind of. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're, you didn't, so you're, you're afraid that they're going to run out of business or what? No, not really. I mean, it's just, we kind of miss the human connection and the element. Right. And <laughs> I, what I found really interesting was, um, you know, we were in, we were in uh, Hermes maybe two or three months ago and, uh, and, the rep was saying like, we are, we've done record months. Like they are selling out of like everything, even though they are only doing things by appointment. And what's going on is because people can't travel the way they used to travel. You can't just go to Paris. You can't go to Europe. You can't, you know, go to Hong Kong. You can't do any of that. And you mentioned a lot, you see your clients saving a lot, right? Um, so people are rather than spending, you know, 20,000 on a trip, they're spending 20,000 on like luxury goods on stuff they probably don't need, but it gives them that little sense of escape. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So I'm not saying that's all we're buying. I bought a ton off of Amazon, like stuff I needed. And then we bought like, uh, things from Costco and target essentials. You didn't want to go out. Right. Um, so we did a lot of that, um, especially for like food items. I couldn't get around here. Like one thing was Vena carbonated apple cider. Um, we had to ship that from LA. Uh, there's nowhere in the Bay area to buy that. Um, mm. it's not a need, it's more of a want. Um, but the, the mental shift of just going online and buying things made things so easy and then. Uh, so frictionless that um, it kind of really built the habit, you know, before the pandemic, I didn't really buy things off of Facebook ads or Instagram ads, but now 1030 at night, couple glasses of wine in. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll <laughs> buy that. And I'll that's buy the problem. That and, yeah. Like, wine. <laughs> credit card is saved. PayPal's connected. Like it takes like two seconds and then oh, they make the it terrible easy for you to swipe that credit card, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, so it's everything safe. And then, you know, it's like, Oh, carbon fiber, uh, AirPod case who needs it, but I like to have it. So like, boom. Oh, right. Man. Nice. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what's been going on. Wow. Yeah, actually, that's uh, it's funny that, you know, I'm completely the opposite. Uh, you know, I don't even remember last time I actually bought a clothes. Uh, mm -hmm. It's been a while. It's probably been over a year, <laughs> especially <So what? laughs> now I can't go to the mall. You know, I don't ever right. buy clothes online. Right. I, right. Just, I have to go see it and touch it, try it on and I can never do it online. So um, so I, I, I don't ever need it. You know, what am what am I? I I wear pajamas at home. <laughs> I was like, oh, I, I still, I mean, I, I refuse to wear pajamas or a leisure wear just because, you know, the one year we wore Lululemon, like the complete opposite result happened. But uh, no, it, it's one of those things. I, I still support uh, people that I know because I, I, I don't buy like clothing from a lot of different manufacturers. I stick to like two or three manufacturers, but I know people there really well. 
and they also kind of know me and and what works in in my capsule wardrobe so they'll you know hey Wallace, we're coming out with this uh would you like this one would you like that one would you like that one and uh you know they're they're not they're not big businesses they're not like uh like uniqlo or banana republic gap or any of them i'm talking about you know like startup uh, smaller companies, right? They make really nice stuff. That's kind of heritage quality in San Francisco. There's a company called Taylor stitch. I buy a lot from, and then on the East coast in New York, there's a, there's a company, I think it was a former designer for J crew, but I buy a lot from Todd Snyder. Um, and both of them kind of know, you know, my, my taste and, and my capsule, they kind of understand what's already in there, what complements it. So it makes it really easy. And even, uh, you know, there's a more recent gal here who works a rod and gun. Um, Nikki just kind of goes through and like, hey, you need this and you need that and, and you need that, um, which makes life pretty simple. Uh, but also, you know, the fact that I could still button up pants and button up shirts, it's, it's a big necessity. <laughs> so, so let me ask you, so uh, other than the essential stuff that you're buying, uh, I understand you mentioned that, you know, it's to help local business and to survive you know through the pandemic you know that's great you know um uh and what else does it mean to you you know what else do these things mean to you why for what other reasons that you're buying shopping yeah so, so so let's dive into that right um the topic today is things and what they mean to you um as you aspire in your personal journey of self-improvement and growth uh, two of the biggest things in there is finance, right? Because you you got to get your paper to get to things you like, right? It's not, it's not making, it's not keeping the paper. It's what the paper allows you to do, do right? So money is just a tool to get you to what you want. But also, uh, like we we talked about uh, one year. Uh, I don't know if he was a client, but he was a guy who consulted you, right? And he acquired a, a Tesla that was he had no business owning. He couldn't, he couldn't pay his bills. He couldn't, like he was going to lose the car regardless, but he wouldn't give up this Tesla because it meant so much to it. Because every time he jumps into Tesla, it feels like he has succeeded. But um, in, so, I mean, growing up, there's all these things that I wanted. And it's part of one's, uh, you know, uh, self-improvement or financial journey, right? When you accrue things, you buy things and you think it's going to, make you feel or act or perform like a different way, right? So uh, things have to do with status. It has to do with uh, someone's place in the world. It has to do with kind of how they hold themselves or how they want the world to perceive them as, right? And uh, early on in your sales career, I think someone told you, you know, hey, Sonny, to do your job properly, the only things you ever need to do outside of wearing a suit is you need to have a Rolex watch on your wrist and then a Mont Blanc pen, right? Yeah. Does that still hold true today? No. <laughs> I have a Mont Blanc pen, you know, I haven't used for years. It's just in my drawers in there. Right. Um, I've never owned, uh, a, 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 you know, a Rolex. Um I've never owned uh, a watch that's uh, super expensive. <laughs> um, so yeah, so for me, no, I I don't I don't think uh, uh, they mean success, you know, in my business or to me. So so yeah. it's one of those things that you could you could technically succeed without. They're not they're not necessities. They're they're not they're not as prized as people kind of make them out to be. 
Um, but right. you know, every time I see your, your, when you're not at home, you're pretty well put together. You know, what, what do, what do clothes mean to you? You know, they used to mean a lot more. Um, I, I used to like clothes a lot more, uh, fashion, mm-hmm. I should say. And, um, but, uh, I just mentioned earlier that I haven't bought a piece of new clothes for like over years. Um, my mindset has definitely changed on that. Um, I, don't get me wrong, you know, I'm going to dress appropriately for the event, you know, the occasion. I'm not going to show up like a slop, you know, and um, uh, but at the same time, uh, they don't mean as, uh, as much as they used to. And I, I live a very simple life now, uh, which uh, I can tell you that uh, even though uh, material things has uh, it's less meaning to me now. Uh, I, I am uh, much happier. Um, so I'm, I'm a little uh, different uh, when it comes to material things. You know, I appreciate those things. I appreciate the, the creativity, you know, by these uh, artists, you know, uh, the, the people that made them, you know, I really appreciate their works. Uh, I think they, they, you know, they make great stuff and um, you know, some, some, you know, some companies, you know, like, you know, a lot of these companies that make quality work, right? So you appreciate that. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, but I, at the same time, I don't know much about them, you know, and uh, uh, I don't really um, need uh, any, any of those things, uh, per se, you know, these days. So, you know, for me, I'm, I'm very simple. Yeah. Yeah, to that point, I mean, there's a lot of uh, Marie Kondoing going on. You know, if it doesn't spark joy, don't keep it. So that's something I constantly go through. But, you know, through my life, I've acquired things that like truly kind of make me happy or like has uh, has made a, a kind of like life goals. Right. So um, ironically, um, people ask me say about like Rolexes all the time. And while I like Rolexes, they really there's a certain set of things you almost need to acquire to get into certain circles and certain situations. It's almost like crack the secret code to, to be part of a group. And I tell a lot of people, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I've never wanted to own things just to own things. I wanted to, to be the things that I own. I didn't want to like stretch to buy a Rolex to be part of a club. You know, I just wanted to, if I were to buy a Rolex, it would be comfortable. I wouldn't have to think about it. And I'd be already part of that club with or without it. But other things I've acquired throughout my life, you know, are really uh, kind of sentimental to me, right? Because things have a sentimental value. I own, if uh, those of you who are familiar with Kid Robot, they're, they make this, um, they make this a rabbit character called a labbit. It's basically a, a rabbit smoking a cigarette, but they make these little vinyls. And if you ever come into my house, I have this giant one, right? It's, 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 uh, I don't know what it was. It was like well over a thousand dollars. It's a serious piece of like, call it art or whatever you want, but it was always the halo item. And throughout my life, I realized you could acquire a lot of things that you think is going to spark joy and you think it's going to be that thing. But I feel like you're cheating yourself if you don't save up or work towards that exact thing you want. Cause I could have bought a lot of smaller versions and told myself I'd be happy. 
but honestly, I just wanted the really big one and to able to acquire it and keep it. It's been a milestone for me. And the same thing with um, what's really popular in furniture is mid-century modern furniture. And I have a set of not Imes chairs, but they're Imes fiberglass chairs. And these are kind of off the original molds. And these are the pricey, these are the grail ones. But before I could afford that, you know, I bought a set of knockoffs. You know, my condo, I had those white chairs with the, with the wooden legs. Those are from Amazon. They're probably like 100 or 200 a piece. And um, if you go to my new house and you see the black chairs, the black chairs are the real deal. I forgot what they were, but they're obnoxiously expensive. But um, they're not in need, but it's a time that I could celebrate in my life where I could say, you know, hey, I wanted it and I got it. And that's what that meant to me. Yeah. But that being said, I wanted to rewind the topic and talk about when you made enough money to take care of your basic needs. Tell me about a time where you splurged on something. What was that thing? And what did that thing mean to you? And do you still have that thing? Yeah, um, I did actually, uh, just about a, a couple a few years ago. Um, uh, I, um, I always wanted a, um, an M4. A BMW M4. Yep. So um, it was my goal for a long time. Uh, I, I owned another car before that. It was a BMW 335. And, uh, um, you know, when I was driving that, I was like, you know, hey, you know, I, one day I like to own an M4 or M3. Well, M3 at the time. And then M4 later came out. I was like, wow, that's the one I wanted. Right. Um, so, so, yeah, so I got that and, and uh, I still have it. Um, it's great. Um, I mean, take it out these days, you know, um, once in a while to, uh, like what we did, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I went for that drive and right. uh, I love driving fast. Uh, so yeah. Um, so that's one thing that I, 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 I will say that, you know, that, that I splurred myself, you know, and, uh, so what does it mean to you? What does it mean to you when you go into your garage and, and you look at that car and, and when you get in the driver's seat and when you turn on the ignition and, and, you know, uh, hear the exhaust, you know, uh, roar, roar to life. What does that mean to you? I mean, is there an emotional connection every time you drive that car or is it just another car? Uh, in the beginning it was, uh, it was meaningful to me because, uh, I felt like, I got it. I made it. You know, I accomplished my goal. Kind of sense of uh, accomplishment, right? Uh, but uh, after a while, just you know, I can tell you that you know uh, nowadays I feel like it's just another car. Uh, I don't ever take care of it. You know, you know me. Like I don't ever take care of my car. Uh, just sits there and collecting dust. You know. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, about a year or two ago, I remember my car was at the shop. And uh, I was driving the uh, rental, right? Mm -hmm. uh, as I'm driving, uh, I think I got like a, some Toyota or something. I can't remember. Um, basic model Toyota, you know, and uh, I'm driving it. And all of a sudden I, I lost, uh, I, I, I forgot that I was not in my M4 anymore. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm in a different car now. <laughs> you, know? Wait, you, you mean you, you, you forgot you're in the Toyota. You thought you were back yes. in M4? Yeah. I'm right. Like, Wait a minute. <laughs> so, so what did I'm that, like, what did that teach you? What was your takeaway from that? 
Yeah, I was like, you know what? Why do I even need an expensive car where I'm perfectly fine with a Toyota? <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm I'm actually happy. I'm really happy, comfortable being in this car. I really like it. <laughs> and, and I think that that's a big difference, kind of between you and me these days. Like I, I still really like like nice things, and this is yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. why we work so hard to be able to acquire these things. Right. Um, and it's not really because they're nice. It's just kind of how they make you feel. Uh, and I was talking to one of our, um, not really clients, she's kind of more of a friend or acquaintance. And, and she was basically like, I love sports cars. And, and I, I, and, and she was like, well, I was like, you could drive the Porsche anytime as long as you could drive, you know, stick. And, and she was like, are, are, are you serious? Or is it like, you know, and, but I, it wasn't just from her, but it's from a few people. They're like, you you actually drive your cars? And I was like, you know, I, I use everything I own. If I don't use it, I don't keep it. If it doesn't serve utility or purpose, nothing is too precious that I won't use it. But at the same point, I also take really good care of my things, right? Anything they need, any maintenance item, any replacement things, I, I do it when it's necessary or I do it preemptively. You know, it, it's almost... And, I kind of feel that way, not with just things, but it's also kind of people and life entities in, in my life, you know, just like my dog, whatever she wants, she gets and specific friends and family, whatever they want, you know, they get, you know, as long as I'm able to provide it um, or it costs, you know, a little, a lot of money, it's not going to really impact, you know, um, my trajectory. Let's do it. Right. I have, I have zero qualms uh, about that stuff. I'd rather have things that work and perform uh, when, when they need to. Um, but, um, you know, thinking back early on, I think it was in high school or college. Remember when cell phones were a thing and before Apple uh, iPhones was the dominant phone, Nokia candy bars, you know, were, were the phone to have. And um, when the matrix came out, there was uh, there was a specific cell phone and it wasn't offered in the U S but you know, I, I was like, damn, that phone is sexy. I have to have that phone. That was like a $2,000 phone, wasn't it? No, gosh, no, it wasn't that much. But it, it, the funny thing now was, and I'll, I'll get to it, it was, it was like a $1,000 phone. It was the Nokia 8890, I believe, right? When you pulled it down, it had this cool like ice blue screen where most screens are still lit by this green LED. Um, so yeah, you know, back then before you had I don't even know if I had a car at that point, but that phone was like the shit, right? And people went crazy over it. Um, but yeah, I paid a thousand or twelve hundred for a phone. And the funny thing about phones is they get outdated, you know, fairly quick. And I think I had that phone for probably two years. Mm-hmm. And the next phone I got was actually just a basic, you know, Nokia uh, candy bar phone because I was like, I am never spending that much on a phone again. Well, you did. <laughs> Ironically, I buy a new iPhone like every year now, right? Exactly. And, and they're way over, they're not way over a thousand. I think, I don't know what they are, but you know, I, I was like, it's crazy. I basically spend a little over a hundred dollars a month on a phone these days. Oh, um, but yeah, I remember maybe, Wallace has always had the, uh, the best and the, yeah. the newest uh, of everything. But today, right when it like, comes out, <laughs> right. It's a cost of business today, right? I mean, th- this phone literally generates, you know, hundreds of thousands for me, right? Or yeah. literally millions. But um, the phone then, the 8890, didn't do shit. Didn't 
didn't do nothing, right? So I, I, I look at that and I look at the practicality of, of things that, uh, that acquire to me, you know, it's, it's not just owning things, but how does that thing serve me, right? Do I really need it? And then what capacity does it, does it serve in my life, right? Um, so I, it's, um, I'm not exactly a minimalist, um, but I'm very selective about things that, things that I acquire. Right. Yeah. I, I'm, I've kind of gone to, you know, the complete opposite route, you know, um, you know, I, I was, I've always been pretty simple, you know, I think throughout the years, I just got simpler. Um, I'm more now minimalist. <laughs> so I, I'm not at that point, like, you know, the extreme yet, but, uh, I feel like, uh, I, I, you know, I used to buy a lot of things, useless things and just in there doing nothing. And it just clutters my house uh, and, uh, you know, stuff everywhere. And, uh, you know, honestly, like, I think I'm going to start getting rid of stuff. And um, I have been actually getting rid of stuff. And uh, instead of uh, getting more stuff, I, I just want less stuff. Um, I think that's a big realization, especially in the last like few years. And especially during the pandemic when people were at home, because when you have so much stuff at home, you no longer own things. Those things literally own you and they dictate how you live your life, right? Especially if you get to the situation where, you know, you hoard enough things where you may have nice things, but it's too much and it's, it's just takes over your life. So, I mean, I think one thing that's fairly typical for me and my team is, is we don't do a spring cleaning. We do, uh, we kind of do a once over every 90 to hundred days. We kind of go through and we figure out, you know, this is really adding value to my life. Uh, this is something I still want and need. Um, or like, you know, I don't need this anymore or I don't know when's the next time I'm gonna use this or this is not making me as happy as it did. And we believe those things should go out in the world and find a new life and find a new owner that really appreciates and really cherishes those things. But in the right. same process allows us to keep our footprint fairly light. Right. Yeah. I, I've seen you do, they do that. So that's uh, that's good. Good thing that, you know, you actually uh, give your stuff away and, and uh, to people that actually can use them. Um, so, you know, I, I feel like, um, you know, what I've realized is that, um, it's not the things, the material things that, that makes us happy. Um, or it's, let's put it this way. It's not the material things that we want in life. It's what it, it produces, a, what, what it bring, brings to you. Mm -hmm. uh, it's that feeling, basically, uh, that it good does feeling. Does it spark joy? Right. Do, do you feel happy about it, right? So it's really not about the thing. It's about what the end result is. Um, so, uh, so that's what I've realized that, wait a minute, you know, if, if I'm trying to get there, the same place that you're trying to get there or someone else, you know, so, and, you know, my way to get there is very different from you or someone else, right? Uh, again, you know, we talked about, it's not about the destination, it's about the journey, right? How do you right. get there? Um, so, uh, so I just figured, you know, I actually, I can, these days, you know, I'm so simple that I can get out and take a hike uh, without buying anything. <laughs> and that would be. Well, Sonny, <laughs> um, if you find a trail with like retail stores along the side, let me know because to date I haven't found one. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm actually trying to get away from the, the, the retail stores, uh, if anything. So I'm trying to get away from people and the retail stores when, I, when, when I'm on the hike. So uh, I, That's why yeah. I'm saying by the act of going hiking, you're avoiding all retail and, and yeah, right, the public right. at large, oh, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, I'm trying to have a peace uh, somewhere um, and uh, enjoy the nature. Right. So let's talk about that, right? Uh, not nature, but let me talk about your mindset and your thought process when you acquire something new, right? And I know a lot of the stuff that you do is spontaneous because we used to just hang out for happy hour, walk past the store. Oh, that's a dope shirt. I want that shirt. And that's spontaneous. You didn't go there planning to do that. Right. Right, right. But say larger purchases and things that will take more planning to acquire. Like, can you tell me... Uh, something that you plan on buying um, and what it means to you and the steps that you're taking to procure it. And, and the biggest question there is what do you hope that thing will bring? Um, there are a couple things I've been thinking, right? Mm -hmm. uh, a couple things that that's, you know, I've been, kind of building, uh, constructing in my mind, eventually, you know, I will bring that to, um, to the physical world, right? From the mind, you know, to the physical world, you know, again, we talked about the, the process of creation, you know, so I'm in the stage of manifesting, I'm in the stage of designing, constructing in my head. Right, so, <laughs> so what is this thing? So uh, one thing, uh, there are two things, you know, that that's, you know, one is long-term. The other one is maybe near-term is, uh, sure. I've talked to you, talked to you about, uh, uh, one, uh, for the near term would be like a vacation home, Airbnb right. home. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the reason for that is because, you know, I, I, I wanted to get away. I want to drive somewhere other than staying at home, you know, especially the pandemic, you know, kind, right. kind of cooped up in the house. I want to get out a place that is near to nature, uh, and, um, you know, I can get away, stay there for a few nights and I feel like I'm on vacation or something. And, so what does that uh, also, afford you? Huh? Say you acquire that home, you acquire that property, you find the perfect one. How does that serve you? Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, um, I, you know, I just, you know, I think, yeah, I'd be happy to, uh, to, to acquire it. Um, but at the same time, I, it's not like, I know it's going to happen just because I've done it many, many times that if I want something, I will make it happen. But I also have changed the mindset that, you know, if I don't ever get it, I'll be okay too. Uh, it's not going to change how I feel. Right. Uh, but, you know, uh, if I have the means, you know, if I can, and I will get it. Right. Um, so right. that's like you said, you know, why not? You know, you have to, you have the money. Why, you know, why not just spend it? Right. Well, what I wanted to get down to was say, you know, you're, you're talking about if you get it or not and how's affect you and, you know, sure there, there's that conversation, but say it's something that you actually really want. Right. So um, let's flip the script and I'll tell you something that I'm currently using your words, manifesting, right. Uh, I love bicycles, specifically road cycling. And, and you know, I have, I have a, a custom titanium 
a bike that I've been riding for the last two years. And it was, it was the most money I've ever spent on a bicycle. And the reason why I bought that one is I've been wanting to get back into serious cycling for over a decade in building the company. I didn't have time. I really didn't have time to take care of myself and focusing on physical health. And, uh, this was, it, I was willing to spend that much because the financial penalty or pain was something that I thought would made, make me get back on the bike. I was either going to lose pounds, but the certainty was I lost a ton out of my bank account to get that bike. And But sure enough, I've put more miles on that bike than any other bike I've picked up. And it's been such a fun experience that I decided to commission another one this year. And I'm doing that because the current bike I have is, uh, those of you guys know cycling, it's a gravel bike. It allows me to ride on uh, kind of fire roads, dirt terrain, and on the road. And the new one I commissioned is also custom titanium, but a little different geometry, and it's a pure road bike. So this is something that's only on asphalt. It's going to be more comfortable. It's going to be faster. And basically, it's going to look like the sickest thing ever. Um, and what it means to me is I have the means, I have the ability to just create this thing. And it's not something I had to think about too much or I had to contemplate or I had to really figure out how to get together the finances. It was just, you know, I really love it. I built my finances to a place where it's not a big deal. And I built my athletic ability knowing that I could take full advantage of this bike today. Whereas it wouldn't have been the bike I would have ordered, you know, two or three years ago. Uh, but when that bike arrives, that's what it means to me. And it's going to make me smile ear to ear. And I'm so excited to just talking about it. I can't imagine how it's going to feel when I actually have it. Mm -hmm. So back to, you know, your vacation home or cabin, when you actually get it, what does it mean to you personally? You know, for me, I think uh, um, at that point, yeah, I will definitely be happy having that, you know. Um, and also, uh, I have to talk about the reason I want to buy, right? I think uh, nowadays what I do is I always think about the intent of buying things or doing anything. What is the intent behind it? What's the motivation? So my intent is actually really simple. I just wanted to I just want to get away, you know, have a, an excuse to get away uh, from San Jose, the Bay Area, and drive for a few hours to somewhere that's in the nature, that's beautiful, and, uh, and to stay there a few nights. So uh, <laughs> why a vacation property versus going to like an Airbnb or getting a campsite? Or yeah, if you so really want to be free? Yeah. Why don't you build like a sprinter or, or rent an airstream like a trailer? And then you're right. kind of free as a bird. You own it outright. It's even, you know, you have no mortgage, no financial liability. And when you're tired of that, you can actually sell it because it's kind of an asset. It never depreciates to zero. Right. Yeah, no, that's, that's a uh, great point. Um, the, re the, the other reason that I'm doing it is because diversify my portfolio. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to own uh, real estate in my portfolio. And uh, Airbnb is, uh, is actually a really good way to, uh, to invest your money. 
So this is coming from a um, uh, financial advisor's uh, mindset here. That you know, I'm uh, you know uh, just you know not only that I get a vacation home out of it, uh, someone else paying my mortgage, and uh, you know uh, I get to have fun. So uh, so that's, that's assuming that's you're doing it all right. I mean, uh, yeah. if you do Airbnb right, those of you who understand this, it's almost a three hundred percent. Like if you could rent it long term at four thousand a month, if you do Airbnb and you rent it out every day, if you're doing it right, it should be pulling in twelve thousand a month. Yeah, Meaning, yeah. you could rent it out and and say say you bought it at say your mortgage is only I don't know five thousand. That means you could rent it out for two weeks, get the mortgage paid, the property taxes, the interest paid, and you could still enjoy it for a week or a week and a half scot-free. The only thing that you're not uh, calculating in there is maintenance costs because there are maintenance costs associated with the Airbnb model. Right. Yeah. So that's the thought, you know, and I do a lot of financial plans for my clients. You know, I've seen how much, you know, my clients making on these Airbnb properties. So uh and you know so that those are the reasons you know they're they're not really uh this this goal is not really that meaningful to me uh it's just something that you know yeah you know i like to do it right uh i will share you know my long-term goal you know this is something that i know it will happen i'm i'm again you know i'm constructing it um and it's going to be a long-term goal is that this is probably when i retire um, I wanted to buy a land somewhere and, um, I wanted to, uh, start a retreat center and, uh, and, and you know, uh, I don't know where the land will be yet, but you know, somewhere that's, uh, away from the city, of course, you know, lots of nature and all that. Um, so that, that were, that, that's where I will be retiring. And, uh, uh, I, I like to help more people, um, that way as well, you know, having people over to, you know, do their retreats and, you know, things like that. So, so that's something that I am excited about, you know, this, but that's a long-term plan. So you're, I mean, we talk about this topic is really about things, less goals. Uh, your short-term is acquire like a vacation property. Your long-term is to build kind of a retreat center. But what I want to get to you and you keep talking about how it affects other people. How does this really affect you? Oh, yeah, uh, of course, at the end of the day, you know, whatever we do, you know, uh, whatever we acquire, uh, even the things that we do for other people, even we serve others, it, it all ends up, uh, um, uh, you know, how we feel, right? And, and you know, it, 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 sounds, it sounds very selfish, uh, which, you know, um, but, you know, you like it or not, it's, uh, it's the truth, right? So we do things because, you know, we feel like, you know, this is the right thing to do. Because if I do the wrong thing, it will make me feel bad. But if I do the right thing, it will make, it make me feel good. Well, it's also less that. I mean, it gives you a sense of, I mean, I think you're really kind of beating around the bush here. I'm just going to call you out. It gives you a sense of pride. It gives you a sense of purpose. It gives you a sense of status in the community. I think those are things that you're seeking out. You're not saying it, but you know, why do you want to build a retreat uh, center, right? For you want to help others, but you want people to respect you and say, Sonny did this thing for them, or you built this uh, experience, right? But uh, otherwise, you know, why, why are you just, the, the retreat is not going to do that itself. You have property. Things are just things. They don't have purpose. They don't have anything behind it, but you know, 
we acquire things to to elevate ourselves, right? You don't, you never wanted like a Honda Civic. You want a BMW M4. What does the M4 mean to you, right? Um, and and you had a three series before that. A lot of people don't understand the difference between a 335 and an M3 or M4, right? That little badge on the back of your car says, I'm better than you in some process. Uh, it is the only reason why people pay X more for one product, especially if it's the same car, like a three series, right? A 318 versus a 325 versus a 335. There's probably like a 35, 40,000 spread between those cars. So why would anyone buy a 335 where they could buy a 318? I actually have to tell you that, you know, I disagree uh, what you said uh, about uh, why I would do these things. It's not for pride. This is the one thing that I do want to point out to people is that uh, there is a difference between, you know, things that you do for the ego and the thing that you do for the higher self uh, and for the highest good. And I can tell you that uh, I, I want to do retreat, you know, not because I wanted people to respect me. I want people to remember me. I want people to, uh, uh, to think that, you know, how great I am. There's no pride, you know. Uh, I can tell you that I don't do that for, for that reason. Um, I've said this before that, you know, you asked me, you know, um, what's your legacy? Do you want people to remember you? What, what do you want people to talk about you when you're gone? You know, I, I, I don't even want people to, I don't really care if people remember me or not. Um, I don't really, so I'm not after that. Yeah. Talk to me. So you build this thing. It's your life's work right? Building this retreat center and it opens and people come in and, you know, people go do this thing and people leave and say, you know, what a crock of shit. Like I didn't learn shit. Like, what do you think? It was bullshit. How does that make you feel? That, that, that's not up to me. That's a, that's the person's choice, uh, whether the person learns or not. Okay. Put uh, it this I don't way. Really care if, uh, that, that's if the down the road. Let's right. talk about something that you're doing right now or talk about me. Right. Um, would you use Wallace for real estate services? No, hell no. He was a piece of shit. You know, he didn't know what he was doing. He fucked up my entire like process. You know, I would feel horrified because I didn't deliver. Right. I'm proud of the work I do. There's I, we take pride in everything that we do. Right the product that we put together, the service, the experience, the acumen that we bring to the table and the lifetime of experience is really what they hire us for. If someone left saying that, you know, that would cut me. It'd be a deep cut. In your case, if you talk to one of your clients and say, you know, hey, you know, what did you think of my product? I'm like, dude, you, Sonny, you're full of shit, right? Like you, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't fight for me. You're not saving anything on my finances right? I don't know why anyone would use you, right? And I'm definitely not referring anyone to you. And I'm giving you a one-star Yelp review. I'd give you negative five if I could. How does that make you feel? Well, if I'm doing the wrong thing to people, I deserve it. And I should get better. I should but I'm saying it. you're not doing the right thing. You're putting the best out there. I mean, you clearly are doing- if you could, Yeah, if you do the right-, right Yeah, so this is, this is the difference, right? We can only try our best. Do the best we can to the best ability we have. And the rest, we cannot control it. 
And what's more important is your intention. What is your intention by, for, for doing this thing? Are you doing it for your ego? Are you doing it to satisfy your ego, your pride? Okay. Are you doing it because you want to make money and to just, you know, nothing wrong with making money, but, you know, but, you know, some people, they do things just to make money right. for greed. Mm-hmm. That's greed, right? So, and that's when you experience those feelings such as regrets, guilt, you know, uh, envy, jealousy, anger, you know, all these things, right? You do things with the wrong intent, these things will come back to you to make you feel that way, right? But if you do things with the right intent, you're just trying to help people. You truly believe that you're helping these people. And guess what? You know, uh, things will come back to you in a good way. That's a really neat perspective. And that's really great. You know, so no matter what you're doing or what they're acquiring or what you're doing, you know, the basic thing, and I totally 100% agree with this is have intent followed by action. Right. And that goes into procuring things as well. Um, So whatever you want, whatever you want to acquire, understanding why you want certain things and why you acquire something is really important. Yeah. So, you know, I can tell you that before I, you know, when I acquired my BMW M4, you know, I felt a sense of pride. I felt Mm -hmm. a sense of accomplishment. Right. I felt like I made it. So let me actually pause you because most people don't know. You draw, you scoot around in a in a hybrid Rav Four these days, and you're like happier in that car than exactly. you are in your M4, right? Yeah, right. That's what I'm um, gonna say. Like, yeah, like you know, I, my mentality is completely changed. My mindset changed. Do you think had you not acquired the M4, you still have that same mindset? If you just went from your 335 to like your hybrid Rav Four? Oh yeah, I you know, I mean, my if my mindset. It's the same as now, mm-hmm. back then. Then yeah, I would still be happy. But I'm saying would, it. It, yeah. it took the process of acquiring the M4 and a few other things yeah. before you came came to where you are today. So right. what I, you know, we all buy things that you know we want, and we figure out that we need some things and we don't want other things. But that eventually takes us on the journey. We each have our own very. Uh, individual journey with with the things that we acquire and the things that we surround ourselves with right yeah you know like like uh, you know now um sometimes i think i do i do still like sports cars you know mm-hmm. not not for the reason not for the same reason as i used to okay right. i used to want to want to just so i can show off hey you know i made it right look at me you know like you say my badge look at the look at the car oh my 911's got turbo and you don't you know Right. <laughs> right. That's ego. Okay. Right. So it's so, become you, you, now you're really kind of speaking like when you talk about cars, it's more like the enthusiast language. You like really geek out into it it's because this car does this and it does that. And this is kind of what I want. And I change a little thing. It's, it's not really the type of car. It's just like, like, um, like I don't go to exotic car meets anymore. I just don't care. Right. I, I go to like these cars where people bring like odds and ends, but they're like so passionate about it. Like, Oh, check out like my, my vintage Datsun or check out like my Ford from the sixties or, or check out my new like home built thing. And you know, the last meet I went to, I met this kid with um, a BMW i3, except he like fully built this thing out. It was crazy. It was like electric go-kart. It looks so fun, but it looks so unconventional and it wasn't a big dollar build, but you have these people kind of melding together 
over a common uh, common thing that connects all of them. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's that's passion, right? So if someone that that's really into cars, building cars, um, and uh, they they build their own cars, you know, and things like that, you know, the you know that that's different. That's passion, right? So that's different from uh, uh, acquiring that for the sake of uh, uh, ego and pride. Um, and, you know, so nowadays, you know, I mean, for me, I'm not even going to geek out on cars. I will never, you know, get into that. Well, cause you you're know, not passionate the, about it. It's not your, yeah, thing. it's, it's not, never not, been your it's, thing. Yeah, It's never been my passion. You know, uh, I like, but I love driving fast, you know, and that, that gives me that feeling of, you know, that's, that's a, it's, it's, it's a, it's, it, I don't know. I can't explain it. It's just it's fun. It's fun. Right. <laughs> you drive me fast. Some people like it. Yeah. I mean, like. There's a lot of people say, well, see, don't you do like more track days? And I'm like, ah, track days are not really my thing. You know, um, you, I, I guarantee you would probably like track days more than I do. Probably. Yeah. Um, I, I like the thrill probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like going out there doing drives by the coast. I mean, through all these years, I realized, and it was a, you know, uh, I like open top automatic cars, you know, just drop top and drive down one. It's like, it's like my favorite thing. But at the other point, you know, I, I told you at one point, um, and I didn't want this to make become a car podcast, but uh, we defined what luxury cars were. And people were like, oh, yeah, it's like a Mercedes or a Rolls Royce or things like that. And it was like, dude, we had more fun. And we thought it's Honda Civic was more luxurious than like anything else because it was truly peace of mind. You got in there. It started. You could park it anywhere, especially you're running errands around in San Francisco. Literally didn't, didn't give a shit about it. People dented it. People bumped it. People like whatever, like curb the wheel no one cares right um whereas all these other high dollar uh value cars you you worry about and you care about right you lock the car and like oh man don't like key my car don't dent it um don't bump into it right it's just that honda civic allowed for so much peace of mind yeah you know these days you know that that only that kind of feeling only lasts like a couple days for me i buy something new i feel oh you know i i'm gonna take care of it uh, you know, let's not, uh, ruin the thing. And a couple of days later, I'm like, oh, I don't really care anymore. So, <laughs> you know, it's a car, <laughs> it's, it's a thing, you know? Uh, so that, that's how I look at things. You know, I've noticed that I'm like, you know, then why, why, why bother even to go get the stuff? And, uh, and then just a couple of days later, you just forget about it, you know? <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about that. You know, why do you bother acquiring things these days? Uh, that's why, you know, I don't anymore. I, I just don't, I don't buy any, I, I have no motivation to buy things. I just, I don't really care. Um, I, I, you know, I've come to the point that just like, I'm happy just getting out of the house and uh, go take a walk. <laughs> Fun. So, uh, to conclude, you have basically become a monk. Yeah. You know what? Sometimes I think about, I'm like, you know what? Actually, I think I can do it. I can actually do this monthly, <laughs> but you know, I, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, th- I've been thinking that, you know, I, I think I wanted to do this modern day monk thing, you know, <laughs> I can still live in the city or I can still live this uh, normal life and, but you know, be happy with whatever I have, just be happy, be simple with life. Dude, plenty of monks do. And I think, you know, your, your last comment, I think that's, really true there's so many people trying to chase happiness or trying to become happy and they do everything in their willpower to to chase happiness but that's 
the thing. If you're going to chase happiness, you'll never catch it. You have to just make up that uh, decision one day to today. I'm just going to be happy. And exactly. It's tomorrow. A you're going to be happy. Day after that, you're going to be happy. Right. You're going to make choices. You're going to wake up with that tent and your actions follow and you'll truly be. Absolutely. Happy. You know, well, like I said you know, earlier, right? Um, what I believe is that, you know, what we truly want uh, is that sense of uh, that, that feeling, right? We, the, the, the feeling of feeling uh, good that lasts as long as possible uh, to avoid feeling bad at all costs. That's pretty much it. Whatever we do, anything that we buy, we do, uh, it's because for that reason. And what we want is it's readily available instantly. It's within. It's not out there. It's never out there. It's within. So I can be happy, like you said, like right now, today, without anything. Okay. It's a choice. I made a choice that I'm going to be happy, right? So, you know, we have the power to make the choice. So there you go. I don't think I could set it any better than that. Um, that's really it. So kind of have intent of what you acquire, what you surround yourself. You know, if it doesn't spark joy, get rid of it. If it does spark joy, acquire it, but also understand, you know, what it means to you and, and what's how it signifies and what role things play in your life, because uh, you want to own your things. You don't want your things to own you. Absolutely. All right. That's it for today. We'll see you on the next episode. Uh, and um, we'll talk about what goes on between now and then. See you in episode six. See ya.